You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, I'm Seth Peterson. Hi, I'm Debbie Hedren. I'm Rhonda Schwartz. I'm Josh Roberts. This is Jesslyn Gilson. Hello, I'm Victor Webb. Hi, this is Charlotte Ross. Hi, this is Ed Begley Jr. What's up, you guys? This is AJ from the Backstreet Boys. Hi, this is Shannon Elizabeth, and you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. And you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. Talkin' Pets. With John Patch. John Patch. You're listening to Talkin' Pets with John Patch. Hello, America, and welcome to Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. Join John and his expert guests with all of your pet questions, concerns, comments, and stories. Now it's time for Talkin' Pets with your host, John Patch. And welcome to Talkin' Pets, heard coast-to-coast on your favorite radio station. This is Talkin' Pets, and I'm John Patch. Joining us is... Barry Siegold. Here to answer your medical questions and your behavior questions about your pets... At 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-ATRN. When you call that number, you'll speak with Mr. Zach Buden, and he'll put you on the line with us. Zach is back. 844-287-2876. The show is produced in studio by the ever-so-lovely and talented Miss Amanda Page. Hey there, Johnny boy. Hi, Panda. We have a special guest joining us this hour, actually two of them. Coming on first off well, will be the author, actually, of The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver, Karen Patry. We're going to be talking with her about rabbits. So if you have one or want to get one, now's the time to tune in. Plus, we're going to be giving away some of her books. Also coming on will be Jan Creamer. She's the president for Animal Defenders International. We're going to be talking about the horrific acts that are being done with monkeys right now in a laboratory in Florida. So stay tuned for that. But the show is brought to you in part by Earth Friendly Natural Pet, the number one stain and odor remover in the country. That's Earth Friendly. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siegel. And Amanda Page. And this is Talking Pets. And on up into outer space, yeah. Baby bunny, hop, hop, a doobity boo. Baby bunny, Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. And Amanda Page. I almost don't want to like interrupt the song. <laughs> hip hop hoppity doo. I kind of like it. The hip hop? Hey. Oh, that was a nice ending. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. And I'm Amanda Page. And I'm Zach Buden. And oh. we, we, we actually, I, I heard a voice in the background. And, um,. We want to introduce to the program right now. We're going to be talking with the author, of course, of the Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. Now, all your questions answered about housing, feeding, behavior, health care, breeding, kindling by Karen Patry. We want to welcome onto the program the author of the book, Karen. Hey, Karen, how are you doing? How are you doing? Fine. We're doing wonderful. It's nice to have you on the air with us. Thank you. Now, your book is put out by Story Publishing, right? It is. And it, I would imagine it's available online, and it's also available um, uh, in bookstores? It is now available. I noticed it's on Amazon. Cool. So they can go to Amazon and look for it there. And is it in bookstores as well? I believe so, yeah. And again, it's called The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. And we're going to be giving away some of these books as well. So the number is 844-287-2876. Karen, I want to introduce you to uh, Barry Siebold. Hello. How's it going? And, of course, Amanda Page. Hi there. And the rest of America. I want to ask you, how long did it take you to put this book together? Because the whole book, from beginning to end, is basically question and answer. It is. I opened my website, raising-rabbits.com, in, ni- in 2009. 
the book I started writing in 2012 as a response to uh, hundreds and hundreds of questions from the visitors to the website. So after that, it took me another two years to um, actually produce the book. I'm going to have to actually send a copy of this book to my buddy Bob Barker uh, from The Price is Right, because he's got Go a buddy. Right he, he actually lives with a rabbit right now. That's his one pet, and uh, loves uh -huh. that rabbit to death. So I should send him a copy of this. Sure. Now, I want to ask you a couple questions right off the bat. I mean, for, where do you think in your scale, where does the rabbit kind of fit in? I mean, because dog, cat, cat's supposedly number one now. I mean, it goes back and forth. Cat's number one, dog's number one. But dog and cat are right. your most popular pets. Birds kind of go in there as well. But rabbits really have moved up on the scale, haven't they? Well, I think they're at least a distant third, possibly fourth after the birds. Are they, I mean, is it difficult? And First of all, would you recommend getting them from where, a breeder? Or where would you obtain your first bunny? I, I find your chances for getting a healthy rabbit are greater should you get it from a, a breeder. The reason for that is because the breeders can recognize health when they see it, and they will provide you with, I, I, at least I do, with a rabbit that is healthy and a guarantee that it will stay healthy for a period of time. And what would you say the average cost is per year to take care of a rabbit? Uh, it depends on how you feed it. The feed is the greatest cost. An average yearly uh, I, I'm a hard one to ask because I have a barn full of rabbits. How many do you a have? single <laughs> rabbit, you know, you've got to buy the feed and the, you need, might need a cage. It's hard for me to say. I don't know. You ha How many do you have? Right now I have about uh, 20 adults, and I'm not sure how many of the youngsters, maybe 30 or 40. Wow. And uh, that fluctuates during the year. Right now I'm at my low point, and by the end of the summer I'll have a few more than... I have now. So you're you're a, you're an actual breeder. You're breeding rabbits as well. I, I mean, breed rabbits. Sale? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, then you would know best then about them. I mean, what's your recommendation for you know housing of a bunny? I mean, what would the cage have to be like, or maybe their surroundings? I I go for a cage. I go for a wire cage. Now you got to understand, there's controversy out there, but I monitor my rabbit's feet, and I find the wire cage causes the droppings to drop through the bottom, which isolates the disease germs from the rabbit. That keeps the rabbit more healthy. There's a whole bunch of rabbits out there, that, however, that don't do well on wire. So you put a half the cage full of, of, say, a hard floor. Or you just go to a hutch with, uh, with shavings or, or, or straw. Karen, what do you recommend? The, what about, that. like, I've always heard that in the poop, in the rabbit poop, that there's a yeah. certain pellet that comes out that the rabbit has to re-eat. Is that true? Say that again. That there's, the rabbit does what? They, they eat it again. After they poop. Yeah, no, there's two kinds of droppings. Those little round, hard, round ones. Yeah. Those drop to the ground. But they have what they call secotropes. That is the intestinal soft droppings full of nutrients. That's, that's rabbit vitamins right there. And they eat it directly from the hind end. If it hits the ground, they're not interested anymore. Really? Very, very healthy. So when it's coming out is when they're going after it. Yes, you should see them wrap themselves around. It looks funny. <laughs> well, i got to ask you, since we're talking about what they eat, what about, and I notice in page 128 of your book, you get into dangerous or toxic foods. What do you think, yes. what, are, what, are, what is the balance of a diet for a rabbit, and what ones are toxic or dangerous that people should stay away from? A lot of plants are toxic for any animal. Those ones you, you shouldn't feed. Uh, I believe in a balance of greens and pellets. And, and hay for a rabbit. 
it's, it's healthy. It, you shouldn't give too many greens, and you have to be careful that you that the rabbit is acclimated to the greens and things like that. But it's not hard. So I notice in here that you get into like iceberg lettuce, high nitrates, and low nutritional value. Peach yeah. tree branches, uh, peach pits, prune tree branches, yeah. prune pits. These are all not good for them. Peanuts, not good for them. Potatoes. It's not. It's not good because at least those peach things they they turn into. Uh, there's uh, what's the word? Uh, it's 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 a poison. People use it to kill each other, and they they have a substance in the uh, fiber of the plant that turns into this t- uh, poison. I can't remember the word of it right now. So, and then, like, avocado, which seems to be bad for a lot of things. Um, apple and crab, apple seeds, uh, almond, chocolate, of course, not good. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of different things that are not good for your bunny. But um, And then you could people can find out more about it, of course, in the book. And it's called The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver by Karen Patry. We're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with Karen and continue on with a couple more questions. But we're going to give away two books right now. So for the first two calls that come into Zach at 844-287-2876, that's 844-287-2876. Toll-free telephone number. Call right now the first two calls. If you're thinking about getting a bunny or you have one, then you need Karen Patry's book, The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. And it's put out by Story Publications, but you can get a copy right now. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sibold. And Amanda Page. And this is Talking Pets. You're going to hop around the world. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership Plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. That's where we bally, who we holly wood. Where any office boy or young mechanic can be a panic with just a good-looking pen. Me, start talking. It's your nickel. Who? This Associated Press. The public has been demanding my life story. Well, I can tell it to you right over the phone. You got your pencil ready? First, I was born, which goes without saying. But even in the hospital the day I arrived, I knew I was different from the other kids. I couldn't figure out why at first. Then suddenly it came to me. I was a rabbit in a human world. Nice. I soon displayed a talent for music. Once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. <laughs> I'm Amanda Page. And I'm Zach Buden. Pick up the phone and give us a call. We want to talk to you at 844-287-2876, 844-287-2876. That's the number to call. We're speaking with the author of The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver book. It's by Karen Patry. If you'd like to receive a copy, complimentary copy of the book, give us a call right now. The number is 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-2876. Call and the book is yours. You know, we were just uh, you just heard Bugs Bunny in the background there, Karen. 
So, yeah. is it really true that, you know, we were kind of talking before the show, Barry and I, and, like, you know, basically if you want to breed a bunny, just stick it in with another bunny. Is that true? <laughs> is that... A, is the same true? It is true? very true in the, summer, in the springtime, yes. So they are blink, quite... you miss it. They're quite active. Say that again? They're quite active animals. They very are. They breed like bunnies. That's very, very true. How many, actually, do they have? And what do you call a bunny? Is it a clutch? Uh, no, it's a litter. A litter, okay. How many... Litter, how many what's yeah. the average amount uh, they, in a litter? They usually have anywhere from three to ten or more, depending on the breed. Hmm. And can you mix? can you mix breeds? Well, yeah, a rabbit is a rabbit, but it depends. Would, why would you want to scramble genetics if you had a purpose for your rabbit? John likes to do weird stuff like that. That's not true. <laughs> it's, good. it's just a question that I know would come up. I mean, from certain people listening, they'll be like, hmm, if I get this kind of breed, like a, I mean, there, there's really a lot of breeds out there, bunnies, right? A lot of different ones? 48 in the United States. 48? The latest is the lion head. The lion head. The lion head, it is so cute with a big mane around just like a lion can they withstand any type of temperature hot or cold rabbits or do they need a certain kind of climate they're probably their ideal climate is between 40 degrees and 60 degrees they can go up to about 85 degrees but they just don't do hot at all after about 85 they risk heat stroke and death they can also usually go down into the sub-zero temperature range with very little protection oh, with a touch of course and, and a freedom from draft but other than that they do well in the cold and also i heard that rabbits are very fragile in terms of their backs is that true that they can break in them very easily their, their backs oh fragile yeah absolutely a one quick kick can break their back yes so is there a certain way that you're supposed to handle or pick up a bunny yeah yeah i reach under the rabbit supporting the belly and scoop them up by the rump so I, my arm is supporting the belly on the chest cage and then skip, uh, scooping them with their rumps just picks them right up into one piece into my arms. Now, for the people that for people that are listening right now that have a rabbit in their house, I mean, th- these guys like to chew. So besides carrots or something of that aspect, they might be chewing on cords, electrical cords and stuff like that. W- what's your recommendation to actually stop them from doing something of that? I mean, you don't, you don't want to electrocute well, the bunny. Well, that's the problem. You can't stop a rabbit from chewing, so you have to protect the cords. And they have cord protectors in pet shops and stuff where you can use a... Uh, uh, at the hardware store, you can, you can find uh, items that can be uh, repurposed to put cords in. It's very important. You have to protect those cords. And furniture legs. What if you got grandma's old antiques they'll chew them to smithereens can unless you, you protect the legs can you litter box a rabbit you can right absolutely yes you can uh they train very easily but they have a short memory apparently because uh if they hop into the other room they don't think they just drop a pellet because to go all the way back to the other side of the house it just doesn't cross their minds apparently so i recommend in the book that you put a litter box in a, several different rooms so that then they can hop over it to it and use it. And they will. And they will. Well, if you'd like to receive a complimentary copy of the book, call right now, and it's yours at 844-287-2876, the number three caller to call into Zach. And we're going to send you out a copy of the book. 844-287-2876. 844-287-2876. Call right now, and the book is yours, The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. It's by Story Publication, and the author is Karen Patry. We're speaking with her right now about rabbits. And we've pretty much gotten the diet down. We talked about that. We talked about the housing and everything. And 
with how, how long is gestation once a female and what is a female rabbit called is it a doe female female rabbit is called a doe gestation length is only 31 days 31 31 days and they're usually punctual to the day quite intriguing you can actually set your calendar by it although the actual accepted uh gestation period would be 28 to 35 days so another thing too is like once they have the the young once they have their litter when can you separate the young from the mother because i know socialization they say eight weeks for dogs and cats before you actually separate them i think it should be longer um but with rabbits is it pretty similar well in the wild and and if you understand how rabbits operate in the wild it really answers a lot of questions so in the wild a, a doe will will wean her babies by abandoning them at four weeks of age so that's how it works in the wild but in captivity i don't recommend that of course in captivity i like to start weaning around six weeks and you do it very slowly in the process remove the dough from the cage for example don't remove the babies then the babies aren't disrupted they their genetics tell them that their mom is going to go away so at six weeks of age you remove the dough and then and then let them normalize let everything stabilize and then make the next stage i've got the whole thing outlined in the book and when you do that you minimize the stress so that the danger of diarrhea and some of these other issues that come up on weaning time are completely eliminated. Well, i got to tell you, um, Karen, I love the book. It's a great book, and it's got a lot of great information in there, pretty much everything you want to know. And I kind of like the fact that it's a question answer that, you know, your average, you know, ask the question, get the answer right out there. I I like the way it's put together. And um, so congratulations on putting together a great bunny book, because you don't really see a lot of them out there. So it's nice to actually have one, and I am going to, I think, send one of them to Bob Barker so uh, so he can read up on his bunny as well. The Rabbit Raising <laughs> Problem Solver, uh, all your questions answered about housing, feeding, behavior, health care, breeding, and kindling by Karen Patry and Story Publications. Karen, thanks for joining us here in this segment of the program, and the best of luck with this book and many more to come. Thank you very much for having me. Anytime. Thank okay. you, Karen. Okay. That's Karen Patry. Once again, the name of the book is called The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. You can find it online. You can find it in bookstores, but you can get a copy right now. Compliments of Karen and Talking Pets. So call right now to Zach, and he'll uh, take your information, and we'll ship you out a copy of the book. 844-287-2876. 844-287-2876. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Sewell. And Amanda Page. This is Talking Pets. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are here for you. We're trying to make 
life with your pets even better. I know that's hard to believe. It can it even be better than it is, and hopefully it's fantastic already. The goal here is to answer your questions, help you out with your problems, anything you really wanted to know, but maybe you're afraid to ask your veterinarian, or maybe it was just too expensive to go to your veterinarian just to ask a few simple things. So that's what you got me for here at uh, Pet Life Radio. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Call in. We'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. With this hour's Talking Pets news from the USA Today, here's your host, John Patch. And Mr. Barry Siebold in Stigler, Oklahoma, an inmate who escaped a county jail ate turtles and drank pond water before his capture five days later. That's according to Haskell County Sheriff Brian Hale, who said inmate Edward Branch took advantage of the deficiencies at the jail to make his escape. So much for those turtles. Right. In Naples, Florida, an elementary school went on a brief lockdown after black bears were spotted in the area. Collier County Public School Schools spokeswoman Jennifer Weimer told the Naples Daily News that officials closed all but one of the gates at Big Cypress Elementary School campus Wednesday morning. And in Ashburn, North Carolina, the North Carolina Zoo reported it needs $60 million in improvements in the next decade and wants the state to borrow $40 million to fix maintenance problems and add new attractions to keep the zoo competitive. In Honolulu, Hawaii, the State Department of Land and Natural Resources said it's strengthening its ability to penalize those who intentionally or negligently damage coral on a large scale. The department said new regulations will tighten the state's ability to enforce rules. The rules taking effect will also stiffen penalties for damage. In Rock Springs, Wyoming, horn and antler collectors can return to some state land west of the Continental Divide. Gathering was banned from January 1st to April 30th on the state land and most other public land west of the Divide to avoid stressing wildlife during winter months when they are most vulnerable. In Bangor, Maine, a police officer with a makeshift lasso is credited with nabbing a racehorse that escaped from its stall at the Hollywood Casino racetrack. Officer Jose Vidari made a lasso out of a piece of rope from his cruiser and placed it around the horse's neck. In Lakewood, Washington, six police dogs have been equipped with protective vests thanks to donations through a Massachusetts organization called Vested Interest. In Columbia, Missouri, Kenneth Henderson, 70, an alligator handler, pleaded guilty to seven counts of keeping dangerous animals without proper registration. I guess they got to give you back. Once again, you're listening wow. to Talking Pets, 844-287-2876, 844-287-2876 is the number. Don't forget, um, we're giving away a copy of the book by Karen Patrick. So if you call right now, we're going to send you a complimentary copy of The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver. So call right now and it's yours. Check us out at TalkinPets.com and please join us on Facebook and Twitter. The icons are right there at the top of the homepage. Right now, you're listening to Talkin' Pets. Karen Patry owns Aurora Rex Rabbit Ranch and runs the popular website raising-rabbits.com where she answers thousands of rabbit-related questions 
A member of the American Rabbit Breeders Association and the National Rex Rabbit Club, she lives in Port Angeles, Washington. And don't forget, you can um, get her book online. You can get it in bookstores, but we're giving two away right now. So if you want to call, the book is yours. The Rabbit Raising Problem Solver, just call Zach, our producer, and we'll send you out a copy of the book. 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-2876. Call right now and the book is yours. Once again, I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Seawold. And Amanda Page. And you're listening to Talking Pets. I want to bring onto the program right now a special guest. Her name, of course, we're going to be talking with her. ADI is the abbreviation, and it stands for Animal Defenders International. Now, the president is Jan Creamer, and she's joining us right now on Talking Pets. Jan, welcome to Talking Pets. Hi, John. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. It's great to have you on with us. Um, this came across my desk, and I just wanted to put it out there so people are aware of the situation of what's going on. Now, actually, an, according to what I was told, in summary, an undercover investigation from ADI has filmed horrific treatments of monkeys at, is it Biodia? That's right, Bayodia in uh, Mauritius, which is in the Indian Ocean. And it's a Mauritius monkey factory farm that supplies U.S. laboratories and whose U.S. trading partner, Prelabs, has plans to establish the first Mauritius breeding colony in the United States in La Belle, Florida. Now, according yeah. to what you're saying is uh, with these undercover investigations that were going on, can you tell us like, what was actually found, what they, what they discovered? Uh, well, John, uh, the conditions they discovered were horrific, really um, distressing. The uh, animals are kept in tiny cages. Um, they filmed uh, babies being wrenched away from their mothers to be tattooed. Animals were pulled down from cages and swung about by their tails. Really quite brutal treatment. And I think that was the thing that struck us more than anything is that um, not only are these animals destined to go to laboratories to, to suffer from experiments, but even before they get there, they suffer the most brutal handling and treatment. And, of course, one of the worst aspects of this is that uh, these monkey breeding farms are not successful at captive breeding of monkeys because they don't provide anything like the conditions those animals would need. So they constantly take animals out of the wild to replenish their breeding stock. And uh, uh, we saw a presentation by uh, Prelabs, uh, a company from the USA, and uh, they explained to uh, Biodia how they could set up a Mauritius monkey breeding colony of Biodia's monkeys in uh, Florida, and their plan is to bring 3,200 monkeys to Florida. Is that the only lab in Florida of its kind, or are there other labs like this? Um, there are a couple of other breeding colonies in Florida, yes. Um, but uh, what, what we said about, about those is that they present the same problems as, um, uh, as this, well, this proposed one in LaBelle, in that, um, you know, if there's a, these are highly intelligent animals. There is a risk, if, a, if there are any escapes, there is a risk of um, cross-species infection to humans, but also a risk that once these kind of animals get out into the environment, um, they're very intelligent, they can adapt. Um, obviously, they would love the uh, environment in a place like Florida, so they're going to invade uh, the local ecosystem. And, um, you know, the, we, we already know that there are two groups of, of, um, 
uh, monkeys in, uh, loose in Florida that don't belong there already. And uh, what we've said about this uh, proposed facility is um, that it should have been very carefully checked before they, there was even any consideration of putting this, um, this breeding facility there. They should be looking at uh, what are they going to do with the, the waste from 3,200 monkeys. Um, what are they going to do? What is their plan if any of the monkeys escape? If there's a hurricane, what happens then uh, if the monkeys get out into the environment? I think there are a lot of questions that um, the authorities in Hendry County have to answer um, about how it was so easy for Prelabs and Biodia to get permission They've already got permission, and in fact, in their presentation um, to Biodia, Prelabs actually said that Henry County was a good place because it was easy to get permits there. Hmm. You know, um, actually, according to what I understand, uh, this Mauritius um, is the second largest monkey supplier to the U.S. after China. China's the number one? Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the U.S. It, uh, imports. 70,000 primates a year. And what are they and used for? when you think of the size of the uh, pharmaceutical industry and the science industry in the U.S. and compare that, say, with Europe, uh, Europe with its um, 23 nations um, uses 10,000 monkeys a year and has recently passed legislation. The use of primates needs to be phased out and they're going to start phasing out immediately the use of baby monkeys born of wild-caught parents. Yet in the U.S., you know, with a similar-sized industry, they're importing 70,000. I think that there are a lot of questions to be asked about the import of these animals. Again, with China and uh, with all of the so-called captive breeding operations in Asia, um, we have found that these captive breeding operations are actually constantly taking animals from the wild, these kind of numbers are not sustainable. Jan, what are they used for in terms of, like when you were talking about research and, and tests and everything, what do these labs actually use them for? Uh, they use them for um, safety testing, which is where you take a product that's been developed for use in humans and you, you test it in a range of animals. So you test it in um, rodents, um, in possibly beagle dogs, in primates and um, what we've, we've been saying about this is that um, this so-called um, system of third species testing like it, you might have in primates, um, those tests can be replaced by advanced alternatives. Um, the majority of uh, safety testing and animal testing is now high technology, um, advanced scientific te techniques like analytics and computer modeling. So, you know, it's not even necessary. It might be cheap, but it's not even necessary to use these animals for safety testing. There are alternatives available. But they're also used for um, other uh, modeling of diseases where they create uh, not a real disease, but a model of a human disease, and they try and put it into animals, and then they test that and um, see try to predict whether that's going to have a similar effect in humans. But the problem you have is that obviously the disease is different because 
it's the model of the disease in the animal and not the same as in human beings, but also there are fundamental differences between humans and other primates. So what I'll give the... you an example of um, an experimental drug called TGN-1412. In North London a few years ago, um, this is being tested on human volunteers, and we have very strict um, uh, human testing uh, regulations and animal testing regulations. And um, they gave this uh, experimental drug to human volunteers who suffered instant and severe life-threatening side effects. And then afterwards, they found out that the drug had already been given to primates in doses 500 times stronger than the doses that were given to the human volunteers uh, and no ill effects to the monkeys. But what they could have used is a system called Accelerator Mass Spectrometry, AMS, which is a, a highly sensitive analytical system where the human volunteers could have had microdoses, tiny, tiny, minute doses of the drug, and then that could have been measured, been measured in them, and they would have had no side effects. So, you know, there, there's no excuse, really, for the United States as a technologically advanced country to be using... 70,000 primates a year. I mean, the fact is, the use of animals in research is a crude method. It was developed over 100 years ago when people couldn't think of any other way of testing something. We now have better methods available. Well, there's definitely better ways of doing it. Jan, don't go away. We've got to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to continue on uh, conversation here with Jan Creamer. She's the president of ADI. That's Animal Defenders International. We'll be right back. If you've got a question or a comment, we welcome it in at 844-287-2876. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson, music to your ears. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student, and animal enthusiast, is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the tales of the city. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. And once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. I'm John Patch. I'm Barry Siebold. And Amanda Page. Much better. Yes. Once, once again, you're listening to Talking Pets. Give us a call at 844-287-2876. That's 844-287-2876. So pick up the phone, give us a call. We're speaking with Jan Kramer. She's the president of Animal Defenders International. That's ADI. You know, Jan, I wanted to ask you, what can the average person do to help cease something like this happening? Is there something in particular that the average person can do to, to you know, stop the labs from doing this testing? 
I think certainly um, the first thing that people need to do is to uh, find out the facts, uh, come onto our website, find out the, what, what we're doing about it, and um, they, can, they can also take personal action by not buying products that have been tested on, on animals. And uh, just recently, um, a bill has been introduced uh, into Congress to um, end the use of uh, animals for cosmetics testing in the U.S. And um, you may know that uh, over the last uh, 15 years or so, there's been a very successful campaign in the European Union and uh, we've now banned uh, cosmetics testing on animals in the EU and also the selling of cosmetics that have been tested on animals are no longer allowed in the EU. And we'd like to see the US do the same thing. That's a very good positive step. I think in terms of these monkeys, um, people uh, need to get onto their member of Congress and say that um, this practice of importing so many monkeys to the US every year and making the contribution to emptying the forests of these animals, um, it needs to be questioned. You know, the uh, Congress needs to investigate it. Uh, the public need to know um, who's importing the animals, why they're importing the animals, why so many, why people aren't using alternative technologies instead of using animals. There is so much that people can do to help. Jan, you um, mentioned that consumers can do a part by not, you know, purchasing products that are uh, tested on animals. How do you find out if, you know, say, whatever it is that you're looking to purchase has been tested on animals? Um, well, we have a list on our website of uh, products that haven't been tested on animals. And also many manufacturers um, uh, say on their labeling whether they've tested their products on animals or not. So the first thing to do is to look at the label. And secondly, if you're not sure, we will always help. If people want to um, call our office or come onto the website and look at the lists of cruelty-free products that we have, there is lots of information we can provide to help people with that. Jan, how do they do that? What is your website? I know I have it posted. There's information at TalkingPets.com on the news section about everything that we're talking about, actually, press releases and everything, if people want to check it out and follow it more. But so far, about 142 people actually went through it. But um, how do people actually go directly to your site? Our website is ad-international.org. And if they come on to ad-international.org, they can either use a search to look for the list of uh, non-animal tested uh, products, or they can just look through the the website, uh, and it's there on there to, to say where to go. Well, Jan, I want to thank you for uh, putting some light on this for my listeners across the country so people are aware of what's going on. And by visiting your website or going onto mine, TalkingPets.com, they can find out more information. But I want to thank you for taking the time to spend with us, and I look forward to uh, you know continuing on the conversations with you and everything that ADI is doing out there to help the animals. Thank you so much, John, for uh, having me on today. Anytime. Thank you, Jan. A great pleasure, and, uh, and thanks for everything that you're doing. Thank you. That's Jan, Jan Kramer, the president of ADI. Once again, you can go to TalkingPets.com. There's information right there, uh, and you can check it out. But that was Jan Kramer, once again, the president for ADI. Inter that's Animal Defenders International. Um, so it, it's interesting, Barry. I mean, um, you know, everything that uh, the average person is not aware of. I, mean, I wasn't aware that the U.S. imports that many primates. And second to China. Yeah, I, I had no idea. 
So, and, you know, it's interesting because I was looking at some of the stuff, cross-species infection, laboratory, monkey-to-human disease transmissions. I mean, you talk about becoming zombies. I mean, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you kind of wonder. That whole thing, when she said, what did they do if they get out, you know, and since we live in Florida and they're trying to open that thing here, uh, all I kept thinking was, you know, Planet of the Apes. Planet of the Apes, yeah. It's going to start here in Florida. Florida, we're always in trouble, I swear. I mean, there's the, the B virus, herpes virus, um, herpes virus, the SIV simian immune deficiency virus, Ebola um, is an, another concern, yellow fever, dengue fever. Is it? I always wonder, is it dengue or dengue? Dengue, dengue right? Oh. Dengue. And so dengue fever, uh, tuberculosis, um, and a bunch of other things, actually. Um, so there, there's, you know, you got to be careful. I mean, and these monkeys are being experimented on and being injected with stuff and everything. One gets out. You just never know. Well, if they're running towards you, just don't let them bite you. That's all. Oh, that's so easy to do. <laughs> Excuse me, Mr. Monkey. Come on, Monkey. John. It's as simple as that. <laughs> you Please throw a banana, <laughs> and they'll go after yeah. it. They will. <laughs> no, They love the be, bananas. It would be like, here, take Barry. He's cuter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is bite true. Barry. <laughs> that is true. I, I'm Barry. not going to, you know. And oh, Barry's younger, sweet. So, I mean, maybe his immune system will hold it off more than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> wow. But no, all joking aside, it's great what ADI is doing, and, and it's nice to be able to shed some light on this. And there's there's some other things going on out there, too, like uh, uh, Animal Defenders International is welcoming a Travel Exotic Animal Protection Act uh, introduced by Congressman Jim Moran. You can find out more information on their site about that as well. But once again, spay and neuter your pets and help control that pet population. From myself, John Patch. Barry Siebold. And Amanda Page. And Zach Buden. If you're out there looking to get a pet, make sure you go to your local animal shelter um, and adopt a pet from there or your rescue group. But thanks for joining us here in this hour of the program. Thanks, uh, Another special thanks to the author, Karen Patry, the rabbit-raising problem solver. We have one more book to give away. If you call Zach right now, it's yours, 844-287-2876. Call and the bunny book is yours, The Rabbit-Raising Problem Solver by Karen Patry. And a big thanks to Jan Creamer, of course, the president of ADI. Once again, check out our website, TalkinPets.com, and please join us on Facebook and Twitter. Bye for now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.